Hi there, listeners. This is Catherine. Before we get started on this episode, I just wanted to let you know that we will once again be talking about tracking calories. If this is a sensitive topic for you and you don't feel like it fits into your plan right now, please feel free to skip on by this episode. And uh, without further ado, on with the episode. (laughs) Welcome to another morosely marital episode of We Only Look Thin. <laughs> I am one of your hosts, Catherine Weigel. I am a Tiny Habits certified coach. I am happily marital. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> uh, and uh, I am one of your hosts. And with me today is... Donald Weigel. And I am happily marital also. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work. I, uh, I'm I'm dying to know what the morosa marital part of this episode is about to be. Um, but I am one of your hosts, and I have lost about 100 pounds, and uh, I have kept it off for about five years now. And uh, we are here to tell you about we it. We are, but uh, the morosely marital is Bride of Dracula. Oh yeah, that makes me, yeah. Last last week it was called our episode was about calorie tracking, and it was called. Dracula because it's October and it's Halloween it and is. and uh, Dracula or Count Dracula yeah. sorry Count Dracula and now this is Bride of Dracula it is and, and you know I for one am really happy that ladies are getting in on on the, tracking on tracking and really <laughs> oh on the on the whole vampire uh you know the the whole vampire game you know it's been a male dominated field for so long for really centuries really you're so inclusive it's kind of <laughs> gross no but I'm glad that. That, that Dracula finally has a bride, or maybe I'm glad that Bridula has a Dracula or something like that. Yeah, I wish that instead of just being known as the Bride of Dracula, though, she could be known as her own person. As her own. Her own vampire. Uh, yeah. that, that'd be really good. You yeah. know, I'm actually kind of, you know, on the on, on Sesame Street, if we're going back to the OG count. Yeah, um, Count Von Count. Count Von Count. He never had anybody to call his own. Yeah. Not well, not one. that we know of. There could have been lots of off-camera the- romances. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dish, give me the tea. <laughs> I'm not saying there were. I'm just saying, you know, I mean, you know, you see the Count eyeballing some of those uh, other Muppets. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this turned this turned a corner. Um, but yeah, we're talking about Bride of Dracula. So last week, we talked a lot about just basic tracking, how to do it, where to do it. It, uh, and all that jazz, you know, as, as jazzy <laughs> yes, and vampires. All that jazz, <laughs> sure. Yeah, it was it was fantastic episode, uh, one worth listening to or listening to again. So if you haven't heard it, uh, go back go and check and it out. Do it. Yeah. But you know, while you were listening to that episode, you might have been crossing your arms and going, Catherine and Donald. But what about when I go out to eat? What if I'm not yeah. the one cooking? What if I don't even know stuff? We're going to answer every single question you've ever had about <laughs> this is a a compendium of every question you might have. So um, Yeah, we're just going to leave the microphones running and go about our daily lives for the next few weeks and as people ask tracking questions, we will uh, we'll stop and answer them. Know it all. That is what yeah. we're going to do. But you know what? I think we can definitely get lost in those 
over, you know, just over questioning. Yeah, but what about this? Well, what if that happens and I'm not there? And what if it's a restaurant that I don't know about? And what, what, what? I think some of those impulses to over question are actually sort of delay tactics on making progress. Because when we overthink things, and I know Donald is a questioner, and so there are times when he might over question. Yeah, and and look, I feel like I've gotten much better at it in the last five years since I uh, became aware of what a questioner was and what the you know what that entails. Um, but a questioner uh, essentially is somebody who needs a lot of data before they act, yeah. um, and so they ask a lot of questions. And I think that in a lot of cases, and I know this from personal experience, that what I actually want and what questioners actually want is for someone to tell them that the situation is hopeless and it's okay for them to do nothing. Oh, ouch. Yeah. Wow, that got yeah. dark and spooky. Yeah. Now, sometimes it really is just a matter of like, I I hate it when I buy something and then I later out, I later on find out that I could have gotten a better deal on something else. Like yeah. that kind of thing. So there there is that like fear of, of jumping in too fast on things. But with most of these health and fitness things just you can do stuff and then you can change it later if you find out that there's something that's going to work for you better and i i do change things and i have changed many times over the years yeah do you know that i was buying uh vegetarian burgers for you the other day and you add you're like, you're like oh get this burger and i know that there are two different packagings one is a hundred calories a burger and the other is 110 calories a burger it's yeah. the same product yeah i was stressing so much about whether or not you were going to be mad about me getting the 110 <laughs> calorie ones and i was like donald doesn't have a 10 calorie problem it's yeah. fine and so i was very happy to make a decision about which ones to buy you yeah so now and, that's all you're thinking about and it. you know what i uh i didn't I was I was trying to decide right now whether I should go with I was I've been furious with rage since oh, okay. you bought them or I didn't even look at the package which is actually the truth I oh. didn't I didn't actually look to see which one you got oh that's good because <laughs> I really it's actually fine either oh, way oh that's great <laughs> yeah but I think we want answers because we want to make sure we're doing the right thing and we're taking the right action. And so much of all of this is about just making a choice and moving on from it yeah. and not micromanaging our goals. And it can be really difficult because we we feel, and then I know I did this in the past, when I would go out to eat, I would stop tracking. Or when we would have a big dinner or Thanksgiving or something like that, right. and I wouldn't track and I would just use it as proof that, see, this is too hard for me. I just can't do it. And policies about how to manage stressful situations really does matter. So I know I joked about answering every single question you've ever had about tracking uh, as a compendium, but that's not actually going to happen. But we're going to answer some questions about how we have learned to deal with situations in our lives that are going to come up. Oh, someone uh, on a Zoom the other day asked the question or, or said something about, oh, you know, everything's ruined now because the season has changed and, you know, and now yeah. I can't do whatever. And I was like, no, seasons happen. Like, it's right. no, nothing's ruined. It's just something predictable. So going out to eat is predictable. Having other people cook for you is predictable. And not having the ability to track ac accurately is part of life. So we're going to tell you that we have made – we're not going to tell you it's actually happened. Yeah. We have made 
made policies and practices that have helped us move along in the weight loss journey and actually lose weight. So we are going to impart our knowledge upon you right canal. Wait, no, Much that canal doesn't. <laughs> no, that's just now. We're now. adding a K to the front of the word now. <laughs> no. Knowledge canal <laughs> is what's happening. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so I'm going to uh, answer the first question. Or I'm going to ask the first question and then answer the first question. Are you good with that? <laughs> <laughs> Don't know if you need to tell people that. You could just ask it and answer it. Well, they just want to know. Okay. okay. So, uh, so the first uh, one we're going to answer is what do I do if I go out to eat? and I don't know the calories. So here, we're just going to give you a few options that you can go with. Just pick one. Yeah. See if it works and, and, and then go from there. And look, before Catherine answers the question that she told you she was going to ask and then answer, <laughs> I'm going to derail the whole situation and just say, like, part of the reason that we are answering this question is that I know from my own experience that sometimes I will – I will go out to eat and, and I will just be like, well, there's no way I can know the calories. So I'm just going to do nothing. I'm just yeah. not going to track anything. And, and well, if I'm not going to track anything, I may as well just eat all the food. Then. Right. And then I'll get on track tomorrow. Right. Okay. So one. Option. Oh, and I'm saying don't do that. It's not a great, pl it's not a great plan. Okay. So don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So don't, don't do what I just said. Okay. So what do I do if I go out to eat and I don't know the calories? Yeah. So option one is just estimate a flat calorie amount. Yeah. Just don't stress about it. Just track it. So for example, you could track 600 calories if you go out for a random breakfast, 900 calories for a random lunch, and maybe 1,300 calories for a dinner. Just, you know, but what if it's not? Okay. Shh, shh, shh. Yeah. Shh. Yeah. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> just don't overthink it. Just yeah. go and just do that. And make your choice, and then maybe that's it. Yeah, just don't use it as an excuse to sort of, you know, hammer home what I was just saying. Don't use it as an excuse to go bananas or bonkers, or as we said in the last episode, banana bonkers. Banana bonkers. Yeah. Well, and someone in Volt actually asked the question that they they had looked up. They had a scone. Let's just say it was a scone because it was a scone. And they looked it up and it said it was 320 calories. But then they weighed it and then they got home and they measured it and then it was 500. And what do they do? And ah, it's too much to shh. Yeah. Shh. Yeah. And just and track look, the first thing that you see. And ultimately, it doesn't 100% matter, you know, whether it was 300 calories or 500. What matters is that you you tracked it and you have the data and that you have something to, to go off of so that when the scale moves in whatever direction it's going to move, you know why. And another thing that you can do in these situations is to just look up almost all of these calorie tracking apps or maybe all of them have have chain restaurant calories in them and so if you're somewhere that's not one of these apps you can like and you're getting i don't know what the enchiladas for example you can go look at you know various chain restaurant enchilada calories and just kind of pick the middle one is yeah. generally my policy i don't pick the lowest one i don't pick the the highest one um, but I did this yesterday. In fact, we went to um, uh, Disneyland just yesterday. And you know, the famous uh, <laughs> Mexican restaurant Disneyland. The famous Mexican restaurant Disneyland. But we we ate out um, uh, during the day a little bit. And um, ultimately, you know what? I'm going to pat myself on the back. I was pretty proud of my food choices throughout the day, um, actually. But, um, you know, I just looked up a 
a different chain restaurant's calories for what I was eating and threw that in and it gives me an idea, you know, a rough idea of what I actually ate yesterday. Yeah. Well, and I think where the trouble comes in is when we second guess ourselves or go to a different resource and find a different answer. Yeah. I know Donald was talking about wanting to get the best value on buying something. Yeah. What you don't do is buy something from one retailer and then the next day go scrolling around and then finding a better price or finding that, oh man, I could have gotten some. Don't ruin your life by just second guessing your choices. I actually do have a policy and this is not, this is not weight loss and fitness related, but when I buy something on eBay, if I might look for something for a good price, for a price that I think is, is what I want to pay for it. I might look for months and months, but then once I, once I pull the trigger on it, I stop looking at it because I do not want that thing where uh, that you remorse know, of- a, a week later, like a, a cheaper one comes up for sale or whatever. Like, so once I pull the trigger, I'm done. Like I stop looking because I just don't need that grief in my life. Right. So if you track something at 300 calories, don't continue to look for information. Just track it and move on. If you find out, oh, well, this one weighed more than that one, just move on. Don't get lost in disappointment from finding the wrong thing. Yeah, you're basically like setting yourself up to be angry and disappointed by continuing to do research on something. Just choose it and and move on. Yeah. And then finally, always assume just with any restaurant just assume it's going to be more calories than you think it's going to be. Once you start looking at calorie counts on menus that actually have the calories, you go like, oh gosh, well, I just got two eggs and pancakes and you find out it's six, 700 calories. <laughs> right. Like it's going to be a lot more than if you cook at home. There's going to be a lot more butter, a lot more, you know, fats, whatever. It's fine. Just move on. But calories at restaurants, wherever you go, are going to be high. And that's just the price you're going to pay. Yeah, they are typically not trying to watch out for your health and fitness. They're trying to make their food as tasty as possible. So you want to keep coming back and buying more of it. Yeah. And even on the like healthy, fresh parts of the menu, right? you'll find, and this is true, like an acai bowl the acai bowl at the egg place that we go to was like six or seven hundred calories. Yeah, or and, the the part the breakfast parfait. Oh my gosh! Yeah, like it's almost always like you know as much as the omelet, you know, right. or, or or the pancakes or whatever. And it's like I would just rather have if I'm going to have the calories anyway. I do, I don't want a breakfast parfait. Look, no offense to breakfast parfait lovers out there. I don't want angry <laughs> breakfast parfait letters. I'm Doctor James Parfait, <laughs> and I. <laughs> you sir, I've been. Insulted my entire family. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So that's what you do. Move on. And then you might be asking yourself, well, what if I'm not the one doing the cooking? What if, uh, what if someone else in my household is doing the cooking? Or what if I'm going to someone else's house for, for food and they're doing the cooking? Well, you'll, you'll see a theme here Uh recurring, which is don't get super over lost in worrying about the accuracy of it. But the important part here is that you track and that you make reasonably responsible food choices in these circumstances. So just sort of do your best to guess. And one method for doing that is worry about the really calorie dense items in whatever you're being served. So if you're being served a salad or something, you know, don't worry about the lettuce and the cucumbers. Like, like, you know, I don't think anybody has a cucumber problem when it comes to weight loss. 
um, and worry about the the calorie dense things like the dressing, the cheese, the egg, like things that you know whatever protein might be in the salad. Worry about that um, more than worrying about getting bogged down with you know the little details. And like I said, the important part is to is to track something and do your best to guess. And really, you can even you know use the same tip from before: find a generic restaurant yeah. salad, estimate what you think it roughly is equivalent to you know you don't need to spend half an hour trying to find a a restaurant salad that has exactly the same ingredients in it but but take your best guess well and again if it's like well we had lasagna at my cousin's house what do i do just go to olive garden do whatever the around the world lasagna is and track it don't you know you don't have to like have a hand scale like under the table that you're <laughs> like well i measured out the cheese because donald said so but yeah go for the da- calorie dense portions of it and don't yeah. worry about or it. you could bring your your scale with you go over early and while they're cooking measure each ingredient before they make it and and you will never be invited over again which might solve a problem that's a joke and uh, it is something, a joke. It's something totally you can do too and if you're cooking with someone like a spouse or a uh a Dracula companion of some kind. Like, you don't have to marry. You don't think you don't have to be a bride of Dracula. You can just be like a long time committed relationship person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a partner. Yeah. A ghoulish partner. Um, (laughs) But if you're making something. My partner in ghoulishness. Let the person know, like, hey, you know what? Can we make the main dish together? But then maybe we can add the cheese individually or the protein individually so that I can manage that myself. Because people do like different volumes. Like, yeah. But like when I go visit my parents and my stepmom puts salad dressing in the salad, I might say, oh, hey, can I grab the salad before you put the dressing in? Because people do like different amounts of dressings. So yeah. just leave out the big pieces and uh, add that yourself. Yeah, and if you're in a situation where you can do that, that's really sort of the ideal thing so that you can, uh, you know, you can moderate on your own. Yeah, and then another thing that you can do if you're not the one cooking is just be the one to plate your own dish and keep with that old rule that I thought was ridiculous when I was growing up yeah. about, you know, like put fill half of your plate with veggies, a quarter with starch and a quarter with protein if you can do that. There are also things, and I know I used to do this, of like, well, I can fill one buffet plate, you know, to a peak as though it was the Matterhorn or some sort of Everest situation. Just put enough on your plate where the the foods don't touch. Just put, you know, just a half of this and a a bit of that. It doesn't have to be a mound of food. Yeah, and and you know, we're we're talking like in um in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where he takes the mashed potatoes and like piles them up into a mountain. Yeah, like don't. Don't do that. But I was also speaking of science fiction, imagining like the your it's time to take your starch pill. <laughs> it's time to take your protein pill. It's time to take your veggie pill. Yum. Yeah. No so, one said yum yeah, to that. No, no one said yum to that. Well, and the final thing is again, if you're not making the food consistently, or if you're, you know, at a, a business lunch or something like that, just have a policy of no going back for seconds. There was someone in the group who was saying that they um, they do a a sort of family style lunch or dinner with their uh, while they're working, and she just has a policy of I go for one plate and I don't go back for a second. That is a simple way of just moderating how much you're eating is just one plate and that's it. And don't don't overthink it. Don't uh, don't worry too much about it. 
Yeah, and that's just a that's just a fairly great policy in general. You know, we we just talked about eleven things for the the holidays, and coming up, you know, if you're invited to a holiday buffet or or potluck or something like, you know, not going back for seconds is is a really great policy to have in place before you go to one of those things. Exactly. Okay, so now you may be asking yourself, but Donald and Catherine, what if I just can't? get myself to track. I can't do it. And I, I just that was me it. for 40 plus years. So we're not adding anyone in particular. I'm adding myself from the past. Yeah. And look, uh, this is this is, you know, not the the answer that anybody wants to hear. But I would really encourage everybody out there to try and find some way into it. Try and find some, you know, do do a tiny habits thing where you just start by tracking one food a day then make it two, then make it three. Because to me, it really is the most effective habit that I have in my weight loss and fitness uh, routine. So whether it stresses you out to track calories or macros or points, there are other things that you can do to not track. We haven't found that to be true for us, but if you're just not in a position to do that yet, we have some suggestions of what you can do. Yeah, if it's just your kryptonite, like one thing you can do is just simply keep a log on paper of, you know, or or in your smartphone or whatever. It doesn't, you don't have to track the calories, but just keep a log of what you're eating so that then you can see when you get on the scale what is happening. And so perhaps it will at least give you some data which will allow you to adjust. And then another thing you can do is use the ATE app, A-T-E app. And um, that is a way for you to log your food and then check in with how you're feeling. Yeah, so with the 8 app, you take a photo of what you've eaten and then answer some questions about the circumstances around the food. Is it something that you had planned to eat or is it some sort of like, oh, gosh, this was an impulsive. I know I'm overeating. I know that this is something that maybe wasn't on plan. You can note that. You can note if you were eating by yourself. Was it impulsive? Was it because you were hungry? And it just gets you more in tune with the why around why you're eating. Yeah. And um, lastly, well, maybe not lastly, but another thing you can do is try to uh, pre-decide while... See, I like to think of, you know, there's sort of like early morning Donald is much... I don't like talking about myself in the <laughs> third person. In the early morning... I am much more able to make responsible oh, food yeah. choices. And then later in the night, I sort of, you know, I go like, well. Right, your resolve goes down. Yeah, what if control. I just, you know. Like it's, a it, It's a matter of, exactly. When the sun goes down, I lose my uh, self-control um, around food. And, but if you can at least pre-decide what you're going to eat for the day, you know, map it all out and, it, it might sound like work, but it, it's something. Map it all out for the day and then really stick to it. Like, this is what I'm going to have today and this is all I'm going to have today. And you don't vary from what you've set out. And we're not saying like it has to be a highly restrictive day. Make it foods that you enjoy. Make it, you know, something that's going to satisfy you throughout the day. But don't then on top of that, you know, go banana bonkers off, <laughs> off track. That is a trademark uh, pending. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, and I think some studies have shown that pre-deciding what you're going to eat actually helps with your portion control. Because right now I could say, okay, I'm going to go, we're going to go out for pizza and I'm going to have two slices of pizza. Yeah. And that might be something that is moderate. But if you don't make that plan, you go, okay, well, I'm going to have four slices. Suddenly – 
as science shows, that's 50% more pizza. No, 100% more. No, twice as much. <laughs> I, I, no one That knows. didn't work. <laughs> yeah, no, that, uh. Okay, that I need worked. to go back to math school. <laughs> but, but pre-deciding does help with portion control because you tend to make more mindful choices when you're not in the moment of, you know, being hungry. Yeah, look, and we gave this tip in relationship to the holidays. Yeah. But I, I yesterday at Disneyland, I there there were lots of treats around, and um, my wife and daughter were like, "Hey, let's get this and let's get that." And I, you had know, decided, I'm your wife and daughter, or I'm your wife. You're and- not my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I had decided that I was not going to to eat things that I didn't truly care about, and then I don't even know if I should talk about food, but then like pumpkin cheesecake came on the table and I was like, that's something I actually care about. So I'm going to have that. So I avoided, I had made pre-decided before I went that I was, I was only going to eat a treat if it really mattered to me. And so I avoided a lot of the other treats that were, that were on the table. Thanks for calling me out. I appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't my intention. Okay, so if pre-deciding is too much effort, you can also have some basic food plans. And this sort of goes more for, you know, the day-to-day, not necessarily the Disney days. Right. Is have two or three things that you eat for breakfast. Like, okay, I always have an egg McMuffin or, a you know, a breakfast sandwich. I always have a bowl of oatmeal. I always have, you know, a yogurt and some berries or something like that. Keep right. it simple because you kind of know like, okay, that seems like a normal human breakfast that someone would eat. Same thing with lunch. Have two or three things that you always go to as your go-tos for lunch, whether that's in a restaurant that you go to where you go, okay, I know I like the salad and I know it fits my plan. Just have that. So one planned treat, you know, oh, I can, I know I can have a cookie after dinner. I know I can have, you know, uh, an ice cream sandwich or whatever, and just stick to the same kinds of foods day by day. And then you don't have that, that huge decision fatigue. Yeah. And then you, have you at least have some sort of consistency to measure against and you can be like oh well i'm still gaining weight eating what i'm eating and you can adjust or you know uh, hopefully oh hey i'm actually like the scales moving in in the direction i wanted to and i this is working for me and then you can at least try and be consistent without you know having to write anything down or to to actually track calories yeah and at this point you should sort of know what your danger foods are if you are at a point of listening to well what episode is this two something uh this is 251 <laughs> yeah. sorry that was i was trying to sound like that didn't really work very well yeah but have general plan for those danger foods or pairing options for danger foods. But things like, you know what? I know I love Ben and Jerry's Chunky Monkey or what I don't. <laughs> I, actually, I don't like Chunky Monkey. Yeah. But being like, okay, you know what? My policy is I only buy the single serving cup of that and yeah. I only keep one in the house. Or I always buy the smallest size of something from Burger King. Those policies help us. I only buy the tall drink. Just always go for small and that's a policy I'll have around a treat that I really like. Yeah, and and look, I don't I don't mean to be uh jerkish here, but like again, not tracking I do not think would work for me, but if you really just can't get yourself to do it, then these are some things that I think could work as long as you're really honest with yourself and you're consistent about it. Yeah. Okay. So to finish this off, uh, we get questions in Walt Place, We Only Look Thin Place, um, sort of about 
sort of the end goal maybe being to not need to track calories at all or to not have tons of policies in place. And I think if you're the kind of person who is naturally self-aware and connected to food choices, yeah. it makes me think of sort of a naturally slim person. Yeah. And I am not one of those. I have spent 48 years, uh, and I'm including my my babyhood. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't ask what my baby uh, food habits were. Yeah. But I have been the kind of person who has been a compulsive eater since age four. It wasn't learned. It wasn't stress-related. I have always just loved food and thought about food. Me too. There are people out there who are naturally more self-aware, are better connected to their hunger signals, their feelings of fullness. And I am not one of those people. But I know that there are people out there who do it naturally. Yeah, the kind of person who orders orders something and then doesn't finish it, like orders something, even if it's like a real treat or super delicious, and yeah. then just they, they have enough and they stop. Like, I don't really know what that's like. <laughs> yeah, but I do know that the more... I have worked on my health goals and calorie tracking. The more aware I have become of the impact of certain foods yeah. and the policies that I've put in place, some of them have been conscious, like the only having a bagel when I get a haircut. And now it's to the point where I can have a bagel once every month and a half, and it's not an issue for me. Donald used to drink eight cans of Coca-Cola a day. Yeah. And now he has a can of Coke once every month or something like that. Yeah. And it's no longer an issue. Yeah. It, it And it doesn't even really, like, I don't, it doesn't pull me in like it used to. Right. But we are the kinds of people who see this as a chronic issue. When I, like this summer, didn't track was more loosey-goosey. There, I said it. This is a family <laughs> podcast, but I'm going to say loosey-goosey. Language. I ended up gaining 10 pounds this summer yeah. from that kind of like, well, shouldn't I'm a grown-up. It's stressful. I'm just going to do what I want to do. My portions get bigger, and my stomach lies to me and tells me I'm hungry at 5 o'clock in the morning, even though, generally speaking, I don't eat until 10. Yeah. And when I start listening to my body – and this is just me – my body signals immediately go back to those eat-all-the-things policies. And for me, it's sort of like my – I'll make an analogy about pianos. Oh, and yeah. Our dear friend Chopin. I don't think we've talked enough about Chopin in, in a long we, time. We have not talked yeah, about him but, enough. Yeah, uh, but in case, in case you're new to the show or haven't heard the episodes, uh, we've talked about Chopin and how he, like, did – all of his life, pianoing, work, yeah, by, by like the age of thirty, <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, you know that guy got it done. That guy got it done. <laughs> and so we might be thinking of looking to someone who appears to be naturally slim, and say, "How are they just getting it done?" Yeah. I want to be the kind of person who just gets it done. And my grandmother, Marion, let's call her Marion. Yeah, she was. As, I think that was her name. That was her name. Yeah, she practiced piano as a child. And when I knew, I didn't know her as a child because she's my grandmother. <laughs> but by the time I knew my grandmother as a child, it was a time travel episode. That would be great. But when I was growing up, she had a piano and she would just hear a tune on the radio. And 
be like, oh, you know what? I can play that. And then she would just play, you know, things like Inagata DeVita. No, she didn't. She would play. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. But when she played piano, she could just play by ear. And I was envious of her piano playing. Wouldn't it be nice to just be able to play by ear? But it turns out she played as a child. She had some natural gifts of being able to hear notes and pitch and whatever you learn on piano. And sometimes I would think to myself, I just want to play piano. Can't I just start banging on things and suddenly be able to play Anagata DeVita? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) For some reason, that's the ideal (laughs) piano song. It's not. Well, it's an organ, but whatever. That's a different instrument. But, um, you know, I think what Catherine is trying trying to to say say. (laughs) is that, um, you know, trying to say to yourself, well, my end goal is to not have to track calories. I think is sort of like saying, well, my end goal is to become a world-class piano player and to just be able to play songs by ear, but I've never really played before and I've never been able to do it before, but I'm just going to figure out how to do it. Or saying to myself at age 52, well, I know how to drive a car, so so I should be able to become a professional race car driver. Like, I should be able to hone my skills um, to that level to where I can just become a professional race car driver at my age. Those goals feel unattainable to me. And the idea of just being able to to not track anything feels unattainable to me as well. If you're someone who who can do it, then fantastic. But I know as soon as I stop tracking anything, I I might I might start at at a certain level, but then it's that slippery slope where it's just I take one step farther away and one step farther away. And before I know it, all of those, you know, eating those terrible eating habits that I've had since I was a little kid come come roaring back. Yeah. And I think to that wanting to be that sort of naturally slim person, there is a big difference in, you know, and I don't I don't know the science behind it, but like our daughter when she is full, she stops eating. Yeah. She will leave, you know, oh, I don't want dessert. I've just eaten. That is not something that she practices. That is not a policy she makes. It's just a self-understanding that is not anything that we have taught her. Yeah, I was thinking about her when I was talking earlier about people who don't actually finish things. Like she got a, a tall, not even a big frappuccino yesterday. And then she, you know, had about half or two thirds of it. That was enough for her. And she tossed it like there is no circumstance. I was I've never been so full in my life that I would not have finished that thing. Well, yeah. And she even was like, is it OK that I get rid of this? Like I'm full and I don't ever want anyone to eat more than they want to eat. Like I'm very proud of her for doing that. I know. And and I really have to like tramp down my dad instincts of like. I spent good money on that. You should yeah. finish it. Like my first instinct was to say that. And then I really, had, I huh? really was. And, but I, I luckily bit my tongue and I was like, oh yeah, no, we don't want her to yeah. have and like, I, I thought to, to, to eat food she doesn't actually want. And I thought to myself, must be nice to not want to finish the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't sure. do a very good bore out there. It's been a while. I got to yeah, work no, on the you'll, chops. You'll, you'll practice in the mirror later. But it, for me, it's like, okay, if I want to be an elite piano player, what would that take for me at my age and my experience? I would have to practice for hours. I would have to get a coach. I would have to learn to read music. And the idea that I might be a you know concert pianist, sure, maybe that would happen at some point. But right now, my objective would be like, I'd love to learn how to play a couple songs on piano. Right. And maybe I could memorize a few. 
like Twinkle Twinkle something. Right. And that would be fine. But I don't aspire to be a concert pianist. I think sometimes we compare ourselves to naturally slim people or people who just have some hardcore policies in place who never veer from them and see that as the end goal. But for me, I know that having a budget having some self-awareness as to what I'm eating. For me, that works. If you are the kind of person who can moderate and doesn't have as deep-seated food issues as we've had for our lives, amazing. Like there, we, a spot, like that is wonderful and go on. And if you don't want to track and you can make it work for yourself and you can have some things in place that work, then that's amazing. But for me, we're not looking to, you know, and in four years, we're never going to have to track again. And that'll be it. I feel like I am managing a chronic condition, like, you know, checking, you know, if I have diabetes, checking my insulin and making sure that that's on track. I see this as something that I'm going to need to work on. And I'm okay with investing that time each day. Because when I fantasize about being the kind of person who doesn't need to track, that's when my portions get bigger. And that's when I gain. And I know that that has been true for other people that I've seen who are in maintenance. When they stop tracking, when they stop paying attention, they gain weight too. And I'm okay with tracking and investing that short amount of time in my health journey. Yes, indeed. And, you know, I think Unfortunately, the the bottom line here is that for most people, you're going to have to do something and losing weight and becoming healthy and maintaining your health does require some work. It requires lots of practice, just like learning the piano yeah. would be. And it requires lots of habits in place to actually become somebody who can play that instrument slash you know, live that healthy lifestyle. Yeah. And for us, I mean, we're not where we were five years ago. Like it is easier to track now. It is easier to make judgments because it is practice. Like it's like practicing the piano. We are practicing better habits and they become more natural as you go along. And tracking just gives us more accurate results. If you say you want to save $10,000, but you don't want to look at your bank account, you don't want to look at your spending, you don't want to whatever... You might save some money, but if you don't look at the numbers, you're not going to get that accurate result. So it just depends on what kind of accuracy and end goal that you have. But we are grateful that your end goal was getting to the end of this episode. <laughs> See? I pulled it together. Yeah, you, uh, you sure did. So thank you so much for listening. And uh, if you enjoyed this episode... All of our episodes are available wherever you found this one, uh, all 250 other of them. And you can also find them anytime on our website, 24 hours a day at weonlylookthin.com. That's right. And if you are at our website, you can click on the link for join our support group and find out more about Walt Place. We Only Look Thin Place is a weight loss accountability group based on Facebook for women. We are not a weight loss plan, but we are a place for fellowship and connection and accountability. We uh, are 
plan agnostic. So though we talk a lot about tracking calories, we have people who are doing intuitive eating, macro, and uh, lots of other things, Weight Watchers. So uh, we are there to support each other because it's not necessarily the plan that's the issue. It's our relationship with food. So we have two subscription options, a monthly option with a three-day complimentary trial and a three-month subscription with a seven-day complimentary trial to see if Walt Place is right for you. Yeah. And I know we're trying to wrap up, but just, you know, to reiterate, if you, if you are having success and you are not tracking calories, then fantastic. I know there are people out there who, who can do that, but that's not Catherine and I. Uh, we need to at least track something. Um, and speaking of tracking something, you can track us on social media. Yeah. There. Was that a professional transition? Yes. Um, uh, you can find us at We Only Look Thin on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can find us via good old email. That's O L apostrophe email. Wow. All the time you saved. You're folksy. I know. Super folksy. Um, and you can email us to We Only Look Thin at gmail.com. We enjoy episode suggestions. We enjoy questions and we really enjoy compliments uh, so if you want to send us some there once again we only look thin at gmail.com yep and if you are into compliments you can also head over to apple podcast and leave us a rating and a review we would so appreciate it and yes, we we, would. On- we honestly do uh, read every single one and so appreciate it. we can't comment on each unfortunately because of apple um but <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know. Don't I don't know why. Smirch the good name of Apple. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but not only does it let us know that what we're doing actually matters, we're almost at five years of the podcast. Yeah, almost. we are. We're, we're, we're barreling down we're, in five years. We're doing it out of the goodness of our heart. So uh, reach into the goodness of your heart and leave us a rating and a review to help others find an, this inspirational podcast. Not not like us, but us, us. Yes, help them us, find us, us, indeed. Us. And speaking of people finding us, us, another great thing you could do that would help us out would be if you would tell somebody about this show. Uh, word of mouth really helps the show spread. So if uh, you know somebody who might like it, please give them uh, a heads up. Or if you're in a you know Facebook group that's related, or you know I don't know what the kids do. If the Reddit, like the, the Reddits, the TikToks, the Discords, like all those things. Uh, reach out and uh, give somebody a shout and let them know we uh, are out here. I wonder if the dark web knows about us. I don't. Oh. I don't want to know about yeah, the dark no. web. But no, I don't know if we want. To, to give shout outs <laughs> on the no. dark web. Yeah. <laughs> no. So the next time that you're trying to remember who asks the best questions regarding weight loss and fitness and who also asks the best questions about Muppets Love Life, <laughs> just remember that Catherine and I are an, an inspiration ish. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.